0: The photograph of Lily had been emailed by Gabby. Though initially slow to embrace computers, once she had bought a laptop, Carol Seddon had quickly become hooked on the technology. There was something in its unemotional efficiency that struck a chord in her probing, analytical mind. She had catalogued all of her pictures into directories and subdirectories with the same scrupulous attention to detail that had characterized her work in the home office. Carol had also devoted some time to mastering the skills of Photoshop, and ensured that no images were finally saved until they had been cropped and enhanced to look their absolute best. There was no one in the Cornelian Gallery when Carol entered, so she had a chance to take in its contents. The interior was not large, and much of the floor space was occupied by small tables displaying what she could only think of as knick-knacks. There were notebooks, bookmarks, notelets, ex-libris stickers, pens, pencils, erasers, sharpeners, all decorated with familiar images from the world of art. Carol wondered how the tortured mind of Van Gogh would have responded to the knowledge that his iconic sunflowers might one day provide the cover for a slab of post-it notes. He would probably have cut off the other ear. On one side wall hung a collection of West Sussex landscapes, the South Downs local beaches whose style looked vaguely familiar. Closer inspection revealed them to be the work of Grey Chesky, a self-appointed enfant terrible of an artist whom Carol had met in the nearby village of Smalting. but she winced as she remembered the prices he charged for his chocolate-box watercolours. One painting on that wall was clearly by another hand. Central to it was the instantly recognisable outline of Eros, but the statue was set in an unfamiliar Piccadilly circus. Everything was covered with snow, not the pristine white of the newly fallen, but that tarnished grey of the thaw's first day. The bleakness of the scene, of red London buses sloshing their way up towards Regent Street, was evocative of the comfortlessness of shoe-soaking slush. The opposite wall hosted a display of framed relief works in copper, bronze and bright enamel colours, twisted torsos apparently grappling each other or wrestling with winged dragons. Undoubtedly modern art, thought Carol with a knee-jerk sneer. And real dust-traps, added the compulsively house-proud element of her personality. On the remaining wall of the gallery were what looked at first sight like a sequence of Christmas tree designs, a series of upturned arrowhead shapes in a variety of textures and colours. They puzzled Carol at first. She suspected further excesses of modernity and had only just identified them as samples of frame corners when the door at the back opened to admit the gallery's owner. As she did with many other people in Feathering, Carol knew the woman's name and a certain amount about her life, but the two of them had never actually had a conversation Bonita Green was a small woman, one side or the other of sixty, whose style of dress hadn't changed a lot since she had been an art student, at the Slade, according to local gossip, though local gossip wasn't quite sure what the Slade was. And even back then her fashion sense had had something retro about it. Her lifelong sartorial icon appeared to have been the French chanteuse Juliette Greco. Summer and winter, Benita always dressed in black. V-neck black jumper, tight black slacks, there was no other word for them, and black trainers. Her brown eyes were outlined in black, and her hair improbably black, and with the fluffiness brought by much dyeing, framed her face in a long pageboy cut. Perhaps, as a student, she had had a sexily gamine quality, but age and two children had spread her contours considerably. Still Bonita Green was so much part of the feathering landscape that people stopped noticing her, and no one ever voiced the thought that she might look faintly ridiculous. "'Good morning. Can I help you?' Her voice was affectedly sultry, matching the incongruity of her appearance. She knew who Carol was, just as well as Carol knew who she was, but they both maintained the feathering convention of being complete strangers to each other. I was looking for a frame for a photograph,